When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. And you know what that means. Well, that means more documents. We found out about more documents on Saturday with the classified or top secret markings on our, on the physical area or at the house of one Joseph Robinette Biden. And yet, still no FBI raid. Well, that's because they're being very compliant. They're, they're, uh, they are cooperating. That's a criminal investigation. And so that's why the attorneys, and by the way, the Biden attorneys got to define the parameters of the search. How sweet it is, baby. Don't go into jail's panties. 30 or so documents is not an accurate description of what's going on here. When they say 30 documents, what they're talking about is like a bundle. So it could be a sleeve full. It could be a file folder full. We just don't know. But 10 years for each of those. So 30 times 10, you know what that equals up to. But that's only for you, for the little people, for the real people out there, the big people like Joe Biden, they don't get squat. He says he has no regrets. It's just misfiled. There's no there there. New York Times says it's a minor good faith mistake. Uh, Joe Manchin and Chuck Todd said we all make mistakes. The DOJ says it will not cooperate with the House investigation. A planned consensual search, not a raid. (laughs) And I now love how the news media is comparing this to Donald Trump and making this more about Donald Trump than about uh, Joe Biden. You're, You're actually seeing stories where they're spending all the time talking about Donald Trump and nothing about Joe Biden. Joe Biden snapped at a reporter while uh, uh, while asked about this, saying a handful of documents were filed at the wrong place. I think you're going to find there's nothing there there. I have no regrets. There's no there there. But I did some digging, and I found out some stuff that was on Hunter's laptop. Can I share that with you? The business that Hunter was doing, how much more valuable could that be if he had access to classified documents? That would make his business of influence peddling, much more valuable if Hunter had access to it. And we now know that Hunter lived in that house when those documents were there. In fact, the documents that they say they found on Friday go way back in Joe's tenure as a senator. This is not a mistake. This is not a, we all make mistakes. No, this is Joe stealing documents. You don't just walk out with those documents. He stole them and took them to his house. And it would appear as though Crackhead son is using or has used those documents to advance his business. After his separation from his wife, July 2015, Hunter lived off and on at that Delaware mansion where those documents were. In fact, we've all seen the picture from 2017 with him in his dad's midlife crisis Corvette. That's where the documents were. Hunter had free reign of the dad's house and the office, that privilege access. And, of course, when he went to the White House, he had privilege access as well, and his name would not show up on the, on, the, uh, on the visitor logs. Now, at this time, he was working for the Ukrainian oil company Burisma, and they paid him $83,000 a month, even though he didn't know anything about oil and gas. And you remember when they were going to investigate, how did Hunter get that gig? Joe jumped on an airplane and flew to Ukraine in a hurry and said, fire the prosecutor and son of a bitch. In, uh, in six hours' time, they fired the prosecutor. There's an interesting email from... Hunter to Devin Archer, his business partner, April 13th, 2014. It was a week before Joe Biden went to Ukraine to meet with then Prime Minister. And Hunter refers to my guy's upcoming travels, meaning his dad. It was a lengthy email, which was uncharacteristic for Hunter. There were 22 points about Ukraine's political situation. Very detailed points about Ukraine's political situation. It was not conjecture or just some guy rattling off what he thought. It was an opinion. No, no, there was very detailed information in this email about the upcoming election in Ukraine and predicting an escalation of Russia's destabilization campaign. 
which, quote, could lead to a full-scale takeover of the eastern region, most critically, Donetsk. Well, how would Hunter know about that? He went on to say, The strategic value is to create a land bridge for RU to Crimea that won't directly affect Burisma Holdings, but it will limit future U.K. exploration and utilization of offshore opportunities in particular. Hunter wrote, He's a hooker chasing crackhead, and he's writing like that. He went on to say it will also result in further destabilization of U.K. nationally and for whatever government is in power. And the U.S. will respond with even stronger sanctions. These sanctions will threaten the tenuous support of the EU, which does not have the political will to incur steep energy price increases. (laughs) A hooker chasing crackhead writing like that. Or is it possible that he just copied something from some documents and put it in the email? Is it possible that he sat there typing the email while reading some documents and wrote exactly what the document said into an email he sent to his business partner concerning Barisma, who was paying him $83,000 a month? Is it possible that Barisma was paying him $83,000 a month because he had access to this kind of information that nobody else had? Is that possible? Is it possible that this email could have been another one that he wrote to China over and over again with information in it? In fact, in point number 22, the final point in this email, he told Devin Archer to buy a burner phone to keep, you know, conversations private, I guess. You buy a cell phone from 7-Eleven or CVS tomorrow, and I will do the same. Now, criminals use burner phones. Now, other people do, too. They're not just for criminals, but criminals use burner phones. Because you can't track them, you can't trace them. You use it, you throw it away. The email that I'm describing to you is prescient. It's very well informed. It's unlike anything else you're going to find in the nine years covered on that laptop. Unlike it. And it really has a flavor of an official briefing like a classified briefing, like he was reading from classified documents concerning Ukraine and Russia and what was to come. I think that's a very important point. Could it be that either Joe or Hunter stole those documents to advance their cause? Please keep in mind what I've told you about the Biden crime family. I don't think it's Hunter running the Biden crime family, and Joe is just, I don't know what's going on. Oh, I have no idea. I think it's the other way around. I think Joe is the head of the Biden crime family, and he finds particular options for them, and Hunter goes, and Jim goes, and now we're finding out that the younger brother even goes and pursues opportunities with those, um, you know, that, that might be somebody you need to talk to from Joe. And is it possible that this has been going on now for decades? I believe it has. And I think you're going to find that with these documents that Joe has dating back to when he was a senator, not even vice president. That's kind of interesting, too, don't you think? That Hunter and Joe and Jim and the rest of the Biden crime family might have been using these classified and even top-secret documents to enrich themselves. I mean, I can certainly see Hunter saying to Burisma, pay me $83,000 a month, put me on the board. I know nothing about oil and gas. Or even Joe saying that to Burisma. And Hunter will have access to pretty interesting information concerning Ukraine, concerning Russia, concerning Crimea, concerning the entire region over there that uh, other people will not have. In fact, nobody will have this kind of access that Hunter is going to have to these kind of documents. And it's interesting that it's in this email. Hmm. Written not like a crackhead who chases prostitutes and hookers around. No, no, written like somebody just copied it right off of a top-secret document. Meanwhile, on Friday, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre said, hey, it's all cleared up and it's all done and, uh, you know, all the searches are over. And when she said that, and when she said the president is going to be spending time at his home in Rehoboth this weekend just because he wanted to go to the beach on a really crappy beach day, When she said that, she knew. 
that the FBI at that very moment was searching for more documents in Wilmington. So either she lied or somebody lied to her. And during the press briefing today, I certainly hope somebody will ask her that question. Which is it? Did you lie to us or did somebody lie to you? That's it. Somebody lied, Kareen. Somebody has lied throughout this entire process. Is that you lying to us? Or is somebody lying to you and you don't even know the truth? But that's there, there's only two options. <laughs> that's it. Either somebody's lying to you and you're coming out here and spreading the lie or you're lying. Which is it? And I think that that ought to be the first question for members of the media today during the press briefing. All right, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about the shooting out in California and the fact that the usual suspects are blaming white supremacy, white supremacy, white people in America are horrible and they're racist and they're out there killing Asians everywhere you turn and that we got to take more guns away. I, I'm going to cover that. And it's time to preserve Ron Klain. I will explain more about that coming up as well. Trey Ware, KTSA. Deb's constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and... It's 521, 550 KTSA, FM 107.1, the Trey Ware page, KTSA.com. So um, I started getting all these uh, alerts yesterday in the middle of the night uh, from ABC about this shooting that was going on out in California and uh, the dance hall in the Asian district out there. And immediately you had uh, Chuck Schumer and Schiff, Adam Schiff, both start blaming white supremacy as the cause of this. Uh, here's what Chuck Schumer said immediately. I mean... The smoke had not cleared from the dance hall. We must stand up to bigotry and hate wherever they reel their ugly heads, and we must keep working to stop gun violence. Adam Schiff said, a horrible example of needless gun violence with bigotry toward AAPI, that's Asian American Pacific Islander, individuals as a possible motive. The hashtag Stop Asian Hate was all over the Internet. Wisconsin State Representative Francisca Hong said we are broken as a nation to have mass shootings and white supremacy reigning in terror see the thing about it when these guys start spouting this nonsense it's absolute nonsense and untruths nobody holds them accountable nobody Chester Chung, chairman of the Chinese Chamber of Commerce, immediately told ABC7 the mass shooting is over a domestic uh, uh, dispute and the more you dig, the more you find out that 72-year-old Hu Can Tran, who saved the taxpayers of California a whole lot of money and headache by, uh, by killing himself after this yesterday, Hu Can Tran was a dance instructor at that joint and was always angry, was always mad, was always yelling at people, was always walking around with an attitude. And so, it wasn't the Proud Boys. It wasn't the neo-Nazis. It wasn't some white supremacy group. No, no. It was an Asian man who was angry at Asian people. I don't know why. I have no idea, but he was angry at them. And it was a domestic dispute. It had nothing to do with politics or the color of people's skin, according to Chester Chong from the Chinese Chamber of Commerce in Los Angeles. This guy had been troubled all along. And they knew he was mad at people all the time. And they knew that he was a, well, a pressure cooker ready to explode. And they knew that this was a possibility. But see, the truth doesn't matter when you're a Marxist Democrat. When you're in the swamp, what you have to have is chaos and conflict. Please keep that in mind. When you follow uh, Marx, it's chaos and conflict. Chaos and conflict. That's how Marxism gains a foothold. That's how they take your liberties and your freedoms away from you. Chaos and conflict, like in Atlanta on Saturday. Chaos, conflict. That's what they push. That's what they do. They celebrate chaos and conflict. I've said that before. There are those that get a certain glee from these spree killings because it gives them another opportunity to take your freedoms away. In fact, California Governor Gavin Newsom, a neo-Marxist, 
He said, it's time for gun reform. Time for gun reform. We got to get gun reform. He was walking around in Monterey. We got to get gun reform going here. Well, let's look at the weapon that was used. It was a pistol, not an AR. The gun that he had, allegedly, is not even legal in California. It's outlawed in California. In fact, California has stricter gun control laws than any other state in the nation. Isn't it interesting that the two states, well, actually three, with with the most restrictive gun laws have the most gun crime and killings with guns? That would be California, New York, and Illinois. Isn't that interesting? That where they have the most restrictive gun laws, they have the most killings. Anyway, the state put a universal background check on assault weapons ban place uh, back in the 1990s. And since the 1990s, Democratic lawmakers have tightened the assault weapons ban. They've added gun restriction requirements, a limit on the number of guns a law-abiding citizen can buy each month, a high-capacity magazine ban, a red flag law, a 10-day waiting period on gun purchases, restrictions on firearm sales advertising, a ban on campus carry for self-defense, a ban on K-12 teachers being armed for classroom defense, background checks for ammunition per- purchases, and a requirement that all ammunition be purchased from state-approved in-state ammunition vendors, among other controls. In fact, if you want to get a handgun... Apparently, like the pistol this guy used, you have to prove that you need it, and it's outlawed in California. California has every gun control measure the Democrats have pushed on a federal level, and more. The most restrictive gun control laws in the entire United States of America, and still, and still, you have Mr. Tron, not a white supremacist, an Asian on Asian crime, an Asian on Asian killing, 72-year-old who can try. So will Chuck Schumer apologize? Will Adam Schiff apologize today? Will Miss Kong apologize or Hong apologize today? No, of course not. They get away with lying. They get away with with telling absolute bald-faced lies about these because no one in the media is going to hold them accountable. Why? Well, because they're in bed with them. Back in a minute, Trey Ware, KTSA. Hi, it's Trey Ware. It's a... Yeah. Good morning. It's 535. It's not going to be a hurricane tomorrow, but there will be rain. And there will be thunderstorms in the area throughout the morning, tomorrow morning, and it's going to be beautiful tomorrow afternoon and into Wednesday. But tomorrow morning, the drive-in is going to be a little, little wet for you. 535, Trey Ware, KTSA, good morning, 210-599-5555. Uh, hey, look, all I can say is the Cowboys are consistent. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> they lead you on. They make you think it's going to be awesome. They make you think that they've really got a chance, man. And then right at the end, they take the dagger out and they stab you right in the heart if you're a Cowboys fan. Every time, every time, every time. Since 1995, the Dallas Cowboys have been doing this to their fans. So why do people remain Dallas Cowboy fans? That's a that I think that's a, an excellent question to ask. Why, or if you're a Dallas Cowboy fan and you you come back every year for more abuse, like I do. I mean, <laughs> I see you laughing. You can say something here if you want to. I f- I feel the same way. Listen, I was raised a Dallas Cowboy fan, diehard. My mama, from the day I was this nothing. I, you know, I was an embryo, and we were doing Dallas Cowboy stuff. Right. And met all those great players over the years. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget when I met Walt Garrison. I had just started dipping. I think it was like uh, 12, and he was in town on a Copenhagen <laughs> Skull tour. <laughs> and he was he was at the television station, and I'm there. And he, I said to him, I said, I said, Mr. Garrison, where's my skull? 
and he put his briefcase down and opened it up, and he had nothing. It was like, you see these drug runners with all that cash in a briefcase? Right. He had all kinds of skull in Copenhagen. The there same you go. Thing. And he goes, here, and he gives me like 30 cans of that stuff. He was prepared. I quit doing that, by the way, 30-some-odd years ago. I stopped right. back in the 1990s. But anyway. So, you know, and so did the Cowboys. <laughs> they stopped in the 1990s as well. Ah, they are consistent. Jim. They really are. Um, and that, and that's I'm looking for a positive thing to say about him because otherwise you can't say anything positive about him. Dak Dak uh, Prescott is a is a horrible quarterback. I'm just gonna say it. Uh, get mad at me. Go ahead. He's a horrible quarterback. He he cannot perform under pressure. He's always been mediocre at best at best, right. and uh, and he crumbles every time. And so uh, he's not a leader. He he doesn't lead that team well. And for whatever reason, they have a psychology that, that will not allow them, when it comes down to it now, th- there's a psychology that will not allow them to win. So that's it. That's who they are. Remember, wasn't that, um, God, who was the the Cardinals uh, coach? And he, uh, Denny, Den- was it Denny, Denny Green? Green yeah. Denny Green. They are who we, th- who we thought they were. <laughs> well, Dallas Cowboys yeah. are who we thought they were. Right. Then what do you say? What do you got to say about it? Did you watch it at all? Uh, so I watched the most of the second half okay. of the game um, because you know, it was pretty tight for a while. I mean, it wasn't any spectacular. I mean, it was like nine six, nine yeah. nine. It was you know, it wasn't it wasn't an exciting game to watch, mm-hmm. but but it was tight. It could have gone either way for a while. Yeah, and um, and you just kind of knew. You could sense the frustration, <laughs> and that's the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't play poorly; they just got frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> and their emotions got the best of them. They got frustrated, and the Niners just stayed stayed the course. Did you see the tweet from Governor Abbott? Oh my God! <laughs> I well, thought it, I thought somebody had photoshopped. That's what that. I thought. I thought so people were sending it to me last yeah, night. Yeah, because so I, I told Nancy. Nancy came upstairs to the. St- I watched this stuff in my studio, my home studio. And she came upstairs to the home studio, and it's in the first quarter. Right. And I said, they're not going to win this game. They just don't have their act together. They're not prepared for this, and they're not going to win this game. That was in the first quarter. So then, all of a sudden, my phone starts to blow up with this tweet from Governor Abbott. And I'm thinking, at first, people are somebody took over his account. They're Photoshopping it. This can't be real. Yeah, that's what I thought as well. I thought, but then it turned out it's real. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is real. You know what he said? I can kick as well as the Cowboy quarterback. <laughs> Our cowboy field goal kicker or whatever. Yeah, right. I mean, well, Meyer went out there, and the first one was blocked, but it was going to miss. It was going to go far wide left, and he it got blocked mm-hmm. to save his soul. And then he came back, and he kicked a couple of kicks later in the game and did okay. But still, he's gone. I don't know where he's going to work next year, but he's out of there. I'm going to say he won't. <laughs> That's your guess. You know, and maybe he'll coach. He could. He could have been playing for any other team in the league, uh, and they would have been like, "Well, you know, maybe he's just you know mm, having a rough year." Mm-mm. When you're playing, you know, on the on the team that everybody watches mm-hmm. and pays attention to, even if you hate him, you still pay attention to what the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Are. Um, yeah, it's kind of. It, it was a human low light reel, that's for sure. God, it was terrible. I mean, it was, it Just was terrible. And there's no excuse for it. I mean, you know, that other than I guess we could go back and blame Jerry for all this and keep keep talking about how it's all Jerry's fault. But anyway, Dallas Cowboys uh, are consistent. They get yeah. to the big game, big big dance, and they just crumble under pressure, and they can't actually get to the big dance. So I, they, I'm, yeah, you know, they're bad. Yeah, when the wheelchair bound governor of the state of Texas <laughs> says he's a better kicker, claims he can kick better <laughs> than their kicker, than the kicker they have now. <laughs> you have to admit it was funny. That well, was yeah, funny. At, at first, I'm like, well, who's the jackass? To- oh, he did it. He did it himself. <laughs> he did it himself. Yeah, I thought it was just somebody being mean. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, I did too. Yeah, the, the, the governor doing shtick on Twitter right. is just ridiculous. But- so anyway, um, I'm going to make a, a prediction. I don't do that all that often, but I'm going to, and I'll eat my words if it doesn't come true, but I think it's going to be Cincy and the Eagles in the Super Bowl, and if it does turn out that way, it's going to be one of the best Super Bowls you've ever seen. Yeah. Those two teams knocking heads, man, and, and the reason I say that is uh, otherwise, if, if Patrick Mahomes were not hurt, he's got a high ankle sprain, which is the worst kind to have. Mm-hmm. He'll be on crutches this week yeah. trying to get around. Yeah, he was hobbling around quite a bit there well, in the second half. But he had adrenaline. 
in, and I'm sure they gave him a couple of shots, but maybe yeah, three taped, shots. Taped him up pretty good. Yeah. You know? They give you cortisone, they give you Novocaine, and probably tequila, and let you go back out on the field for the second right. half, you know? Yeah. And, but uh, he's he's going to be feeling it today. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I broke both my ankles playing, and then two years ago I broke the left one, and a year ago I broke the right one, and they've never been the same. They'll just they that's just it. No. They just never are the same. So, I I think Cincy and the Eagles and the Super Bowl and it's going to be a heck of a football game. That's my thought. Two fine towns, Shoot Philadelphia my. and Cincinnati. Yeah, sir. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But I like Joe Burrow because after the game last yeah. night when he just clobbered uh, uh, the Bills, he says, um, "Hey, man, uh, total domination," and that's what I expected. <laughs> so, you know, he's got a little confidence, and that's just, good. Just a tad. That's good. Yeah. That'll help him. All right, quick break. Coming right back. Trey Ware, KTSA. I get to talk to you about somebody that I... To be self-evident, all men are created equal. That they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. That among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You know that because you learn that in school. It's called the Declaration of Independence. But if you listen to Kamala Harris, who is a neo-Marxist, who is trying to practice revisionist history, on the 50th anniversary of Roe versus Wade, she gave a speech and quoted the Declaration of Independence. We collectively, don't you love that word, believe and know America is a promise. It is a promise of freedom and liberty. Not just some, but for all. A promise we made in the Declaration of Independence that we are each endowed with the right to liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Be clear, these rights were not bestowed upon us. They belong to us as Americans. (laughs) The Declaration of Independence says, Kamala Harris, we are endowed with the right to liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Not the right to life, of course. You don't have a right to life. No, you have the right to liberty and the pursuit of your own happiness, you see. What this is, what she says is, you're to be free to do your own thing, baby. Pursue your happiness. Be as hedonistic as you want to in America. You have nothing else to be. Well, uh, as she goes on, of course, says it was not bestowed upon us, even though the framers and the ones who wrote the Declaration of Independence says we are endowed by our creator with these unalienable rights. Our creator and doubt us with those rights. She says they were not bestowed upon us. They just belonged to us as Americans. She went on to say that Republicans in Congress are now calling for a nationwide abortion ban, some even from the moment of conception. The right of every woman in every state in this country to make decisions about her own body is on the line. And as I've said before, and I will say again, how dare they, how dare they, how dare they, she said. America is the land of the free and the home of the brave. But let us ask, can we truly be free if a woman cannot make decisions about her own body? Can we truly be free if the doctor cannot care for her patients? Can we truly be free if families cannot make intimate decisions about the course of their own line? Well, that's interesting. So you're you're actually admitting eugenics, huh? which is how Planned Parenthood and the whole abortion industry got started. It's all about money, and it all started. Well, the whole eugenics movement, the whole idea is we'll pick the master race and we will actually destroy those who don't fit into the master race. And she's admitting it. Can we truly be free if families cannot make intimate decisions about the course of their own line? And can we truly be free if so-called leaders claim to be, quote, I quote, on the vanguard of freedom while they dare to restrict the rights of the American people and attack the very foundation of freedom? That's rich coming from her, right? Attacking rights and freedom of American citizens, and she's the one who's saying that. When they do that, as an administration, they do that every single day. So there's Kamala over the weekend. It's not the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. No, just liberty and the pursuit of happiness. It's called history revisionism, and they practice it. Neo-Marxists practice it all the time. Remember, 
Chaos, conflict. Chaos, conflict. And they've got to destroy the statues and they've got to destroy history so that they can rebuild the nation into a communist manifesto, which is what they're doing, folks. That's exactly what is, we see happening here. Now, another weekend went by, and we had another uh, bunch of, of documents that showed up at Joe's house. And, 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 you know, nobody's really talking to him about this. He went to Rehoboth Beach, spent the, week down, the weekend down there, so that the FBI could go to his house on Friday and go through his stuff on Friday, which is exactly what happened. And guess what they found? More classified documents. And now Ron Klain, his right-hand man, says, I'm out. Now, I happen to believe that Barack Obama and those others have been running the country through Ron Klain, and Joe is just a figurehead, and I think history is going to prove me right on that. At some point, I may be dead and gone by then, but I think at some point books will be written to explain that this was not really the presidency of Joseph Robinette Biden. He agrees with all this stuff, but the show's actually being run by the others. Klain is the longest-serving chief of staff to a Democrat president, he served as Biden's chief of staff when he was vice president during the Obama administration. He's an attorney and a lobbyist. Klain began his career working for then-senator from Delaware, Joe Biden, in the late 1980s. And when Biden led the Senate Judiciary Committee, Klain served as the committee's self-counsel, or chief counsel. He was also an advisor and speechwriter for Biden's unsuccessful 1988 and 2008 White House campaigns. But then he went deeper as a Democrat operative. He was involved in both of Bill Clinton's presidential campaign, served as a presidential debate coach for Bill Clinton, Al Gore, John Kerry, Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton. And he was senior White House aide to Barack Obama and chief of staff to Vice President Al Gore. You see, the reason he's stepping down is to preserve him. Because he's very useful to those in the Democrat side, to the swamp. He's useful to them. And so this whole thing is about to it, it just take this administration where you know, this administration doesn't want to go. And so I'm sure Barack gave the word to Ron to step aside so that you don't go down with the, with the ship. In other words, we don't want this document scandal coming back on you, even though he's probably very largely responsible for it. We don't want it falling back on you, so get out. And Jeff Zients, a very wealthy guy, and just like Ron Klain, a very well-connected guy to the swamp, is going to take over. He worked for Barack Obama, and he was the COVID response on Inauguration Day for Joe Biden. He made hundreds of millions investigating in health care while he was writing or after he wrote health care policy. Isn't that interesting? So that's what's going on with those guys at the top of the food chain in D.C. And what's, what is the latest on these documents? Well, we know that more were found over the weekend. It always happens that way, right? Late on a Friday, you get a, you get a dump. And that way, it's not mentioned over the weekend. It's very little mention on Monday. In fact, it's forgotten about by Monday, except by me. And I'm going to tell you what happened. I'm going to tell you about an email that, to me, speaks volumes about what was going on with the Biden crime family, headed up by not Hunter. Hunter's a crackhead who enjoys hookers. No, headed up by Joe Biden, the head of the Biden crime family talk more about that coming up trey ware ktsa not long ago i had a routine root connection fm 1071 the trey ware page at ktsa.com so the cowboys well they don't disappoint they give you ex exactly what you expect out of the dallas cowboys they take you right to the brink baby they make you think ah yeah this is gonna be the year i remember 1995 I remember 93, I remember 92, I remember the early 90s, I remember those days, and we're back, baby, and here we are. This is what you expect out of the Dallas Cowboys at this point, and they're stuck. They've got players that they are locked into contracts with that they will never be able to replace, and they have what they have, and this is it. They have a. They are mediocre at best, and they showed that last night. They showed who they truly are. Uh, just like with the Commanders a couple of weeks ago, and and Dak Prescott is a, a get get mad at me, go ahead, but he's a mediocre quarterback, and he always has been. 
And so the Dallas Cowboys gave you exactly what you expected last night. You expected as a Dallas Cowboy fan, if you're a Dallas Cowboy fan, I don't get it anymore. <clears throat> Me too. I don't understand myself. I don't understand this psychology where I like to be beat on every year by this football team. But that's what happened. 1912 was the final score. Uh, Dak Prescott even throwing his helmet after the game, and a 49er intercepted that, too. Anyway, uh, let's talk about what we found out this weekend concerning more classified documents at the Wilmington home of Joseph Robinette Biden. I'm going to take you where nobody has took you so far, where no one has taken you. I want to give you a little backstory to what I believe is going on here. I want to expose something that I believe is going on here. But first of all, uh, Biden's attorneys got to define the parameters of the search on Friday. Corrine Jean-Pierre came out on Friday, said the search was complete while the FBI was there searching. She had to have known. Or did she? Well, that should be the first question at the briefing today because she said the president was going to Rehoboth Beach just to relax and have a great weekend. But no, that's not the case at all. The president went to Rehoboth Beach because... Well, because he had visitors at the Wilmington house. And as you hear the media talk about it, first of all, they're focusing all on Donald Trump, saying Donald Trump didn't cooperate. Joe Biden's cooperating. Well, as Andy McCarthy said, Joe Biden has to cooperate because this is a criminal offense, and you're talking about 30 documents. Now, that's not 30 pieces of paper, folks. That's 30 collections of documents, right? So it could be hundreds, thousands of pieces of paper, actually. And for each document, as it's called, there's a 10-year sentence for doing this, but, you know, not for him. He won't get anything out of this. He screamed at a reporter last week who asked a question about this, and he said he has no regrets, that they were just misfiled. There's no there there. So that led the New York Times to write, it's a minor good-faith mistake. In fact, Joe Manchin and Chuck Todd had a, shared a good laugh about it yesterday. We all make mistakes, they said. And the Department of Justice is saying we're not going to cooperate with the House Intel Committee investigation on this. This was a planned, consensual search, not a raid. Mm -hmm. Biden has these documents scattered all over the place, right? From the Penn-Biden Center all the way to all over the place there at Wilmington. And I'm telling you, Rehoboth Beach, too. Trump had them in one place, locked down, lock and key, and the FBI knew where they were. The FBI set up Donald Trump to look that way. So, Hunter, pretty interesting here. Y you know, my belief about this is that Joe sits on top of the, of the Biden crime family. This is what I think happens. I I've read Peter Schweitzer's books and s studied these people for a long time. And these documents that they found on Friday include times going back to when Joe was a senator. <laughs> and personal notes from when he was a senator, not just vice president. But senator. These go back decades. So this has been going on for decades. This is not a mistake. This isn't, we all make mistakes. Yeah, it's well-intentioned. No, this is intentional. In my view, we're talking about theft of documents so that the Biden crime family can enrich themselves. And Joe Biden is the head. Now, I know it's been presented as Hunter being a guy who's going out and selling influence with his dad. But I happen to believe Daddy Bo sits on top of it. And Daddy Bo will point out to, to Hunter and to Jim and now to Frank, uh, hey, guys, you probably need to talk to Burisma. There's an opportunity there. Hey, boys, you need to get on the airplane and fly with me to China. There's an opportunity there. And I want to do a little history lesson real quick here. <clears throat> but it's important. Because when you take the document scandal and you compare it to Hunter's laptop, pretty interesting stuff. You see, after Hunter separated from his wife, July of 2015, he was with, you know, on and off at Delaware at the mansion there, living, and listed the residence on official documents and even listed himself as the owner at one point. And we've, we've seen the picture of him in 2017 driving dear old dad's midlife crisis corvette that we've all seen that ugly green and that's where the some of the documents were there were also documents inside 
Hunter also had free reign to his dad's White House office, and with that access, his name never showed up on visitor logs. He could come and go at the White House office when his dad was vice president, and I presume now that he's president. Now, we all know the story about him being hired by this Ukrainian company called Burisma, an oil and gas company, and Biden knew nothing, or Hunter knew nothing about oil and gas. He was a crackhead who liked to chase prostitutes. But what what did he have? Is it possible that Hunter had information that nobody else had, that a company like a Burisma and a country like Ukraine would spend all that money to get to have their advantage? Well, there's an email in uh, the laptop that really stands out because one thing about Hunter being a crackhead the the emails were really, relatively short and not very deep kind of like a text except for one he wrote april 13 2014 it was a week before joe was going to ukraine to meet with the prime minister and hunter writes an email to his partner and he talks about my guys upcoming travels he's referring to Joe, of course, my guy, in his upcoming travels. And this email, instead of being like a text, you know, it was uncharacteristically long. And it had 22 points about Ukraine's political situation at the time, detailed information about the upcoming election, predicting an escalation of Russia's destabilization campaign, which could lead to a full-scale takeover of the eastern region, most critically Donetsk. Hunter writing... The strategic value is to create a land bridge for RU Russia to Crimea that won't directly affect Burisma holdings, but it will limit future UK exploration and utilization of offshore opportunities in particular. Does that sound like a crackhead who likes to chase hookers to you? Sounds to me like that could have been lifted right off of a document. I mean, almost as if you're sitting there typing on your laptop while reading a document, and you just took the words right off the document and put them right in the email. Oh, let me continue. It will also result in further destabilization of UK nationally and for whatever government is in power, and the U.S. will respond with even stronger sanctions. These sanctions will threaten the tenuous support of the EU, which was, does, not, does not have the political will to incur steep energy price increases. Wow. It's pretty heady for a crackhead. Pretty heady stuff. Pretty detailed stuff. Almost like you would find in a document. In point number 22, he tells Devin Archer to buy a burner phone. Now, burner phones, you're familiar with them. You go to 7-Eleven, CVS, and you do it, and then you can throw them away after you use them. They're really relatively untraceable. Now, people use them for all kinds of purposes. Criminals use them a lot, a lot, when they don't want to be tracked. Like, you called here, you called there, here you are pinging your phone, all that kind of When you don't want to be followed and people know what's going on, you use a burner phone, throw it away. This email is prescient. It's very well informed. It's not like anything else he wrote, really, in nine years. It it really does sound like an official briefing, a, a classified briefing, a something that maybe the intelligence community would have written about that area over there. That's really what it sounds like when you read it. So, are the walls closing in? How many times did we hear Democrats say the walls are closing in on Trump? The walls are closing in on Trump. Well, the advantage that, that Joe and Hunter and the entire crime, the Biden crime family has, the advantage they have is they're swamp creatures, and so the swamp protects their own. Will it cost him his presidency? Probably at some point, but we'll see. I don't know. It should should cost him his presidency and if hunter is trading in this stuff as i believe he is should cost him his freedom and if joe is the head of of a guy who's been since he was uh, a senator and, and i believe this been selling his his knowledge and his influence while he has been a senator vice president now president of the united states 
when he becomes a private citizen once again, and hopefully that's going to be soon, when he becomes a private citizen, he should lose his freedom as well. That's just what I believe, based on what we're seeing happen here. Now, the media circle of wagons, you know, you, you knew that that was going to happen. And the Senate's not going to do squat because the Democrats still control the Senate. The House is on this deal, and they're going to pursue this, and we'll see how far they choose to pursue it. But I think just based on what we know, and we don't know everything that they do, and we don't have all the information, but just based on what I have shared with you so far, if Hunter's writing emails using classified information to his partner to exploit his position with Burisma or whomever, the Chinese probably, I don't know, If that's going on, I think that they ought to talk to the jail tailor and find out what size they need to be wearing. Back in a minute, Trey Ware, KTSA. I hear people say it all the time. Alec Baldwin back in the news. You know about the charges from last week, and now his wife is saying, hey, this is bad news. You need to leave us alone. Quit paying attention to us. But the problem is she's whiter than white bread and wonder bread, and, 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 and she's speaking once again in this Spanish accent. <laughs> it's, just, it's the stupidest thing, man. I, I found it, and I sent it to Jimmy, but it's lost in cyberspace out there somewhere. She's not really from Spain. Her real name is Hillary Hayward Thomas. She came from a well-to-do Massachusetts family. But she says culture is fluid. She's whiter than I am, and she says culture is fluid, so she speaks in a Hispanic accent. You leave my you leave my family alone. <laughs> okay, come on. <laughs> and, and she gets away with she can do it because she's one of them. If if somebody else were to come out, and I was going to say Melania, but she speaks in an accent. Oh, by the way, she's fluent in seven languages melania is but you know what i'm saying if ivanka ivanka trump blonde haired six foot white as white is white ivanka trump were to suddenly start talking in a spanish accent you know what would happen you know exactly what would happen but hillary can do it and we're not talking hillary clinton Hillary Thomas, Baldwin, she can do it and nobody cares. The leftists have rioted in Atlanta again. The police cars set on fire, breaking all the windows, uh, going after businesses. You know, neo-Marxists, they've got to have conflict and chaos. Antifa poured into Atlanta. Protesters chanting, no justice, no peace, no killer police. Stop, stop, stop cop city, stop police terror, blah, 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 blah. Number two House Democrat leader, Catherine Clark, she's the whip. Her son, by the way, the media's calling daughter. No, her son, Jared, who likes to play dress-up as a girl, was over there in, uh, in Boston, the Boston Common, painting all cops are bastards all over a monument in the city was arrested, and uh, and the leader says, I love Riley. This is a very difficult time in the cycle of joy and pain and parenting. This will be evaluated by the legal system. I'm confident in that process. Well, I'm confident that she's probably a proud mama. You know, your boy likes playing, being like a girl, dressing up like a girl, like to play like a girl, and go paint all cops or bastards on monuments. Great. Did a great job there, Mama. Good job. She, but again, she's probably really, really, really proud of her for doing that. It's exactly what she pushes. Monterey Park massacre that left 10 dead after gunman's rampage inside a dance studio triggered by his white supremacy. No. That, no, that's what Chuck Schumer said, and that's what Pencil Neck Schiff said, that he was a white supremacist who was killing Asian people. They tweeted that while the smoke was still in the dance studio. No, you see what happened was, who can tran Asian? Who was known by the community to be hostile and quick to anger and had a short fuse 
There was a domestic dispute of some kind, police are telling us, and uh, he got jealous and got a gun that wasn't legal to be had in California, by the way, and went and started shooting people. Uh, not, not, not a white guy going and killing Asians, as, as Chuck Schumer in Pencil Neck Shift told you. No, no, this was Asian-on-Asian Asian crime that came from a domestic dispute from a guy who had a short fuse. That's what this is. So, but that, that, you know, of course, Schumer, nobody's going to hold him accountable. Nobody's going to ask him, why would you lie in such a way? Why are you trying to start hate crimes in America? What are you trying to do? No, they use this stuff to their advantage, of course, and the truth does not matter. In fact, Gavin Newsom went to the site and he said, we've got to do gun reform, when in fact, uh, they have the stricted, strictest gun laws in all of America, in California. The strictest. It's amazing that California and Illinois and New York have all the crime and they have the strictest gun laws in those three states. Yep, what an assault weapon, what an AR-15. Was not white supremacy. This was a guy who broke the California laws, apparently. We know he broke the murder laws. Went and killed people. And then saved the state a bunch of money, a bunch of time, because he killed himself when it was all over with. But the Democrats, the swamp, immediately tried to use it to their advantage. Now, the story will go away in a hurry, and you know why. Because it doesn't fit their narrative that all white people are bad and we're out there killing everybody else. That's what they want you to believe, and that's what they told you in the first few minutes after this. But it's simply not true. Who can tran 72, hostile, quick to anger, a domestic dispute. All right, 628 KTSA. Got to tell you about my friends over at Shirts Funeral Home. Great people at Shirts Funeral Home. They're always there for you at Shirts Funeral Home to plan a funeral with you and for you. In fact, they'll take you by the hand and lead you through the process so that you understand what's going on. You understand the various products that are available and how to plan an actual funeral. Um, and they do it with such love and care. There really are nice people at Church Funeral Home there to take care of you. So if you uh, if you need that now, if you need planning uh, funeral planning services now, they are there, 210-658-9224. Or any time in the future, you know, uh, they're going to be there for you. Or if you'd like to talk to them about your own funeral and planning that, that's a great thing to do. I talk a lot about how important it is to have your own funeral plan and paid for so your kiddos don't have to do that, or grandkids or whoever. Shirts will take care of all that for you as well at Shirts Funeral Home at 210-658-9224. Dave Ramsey here. When you need a reliable... One thousand two hundred and sixty-two days since Jeffrey Epstein did not kill himself, and you still have not seen the customer list, have you? And you never will. Good morning. It's uh, 637 now at KTSA. A point to be made in some of the stuff I've been talking about with Ukraine and Burisma and all that. I happen to believe what you're watching right now with all this money that's being poured into Ukraine is a giant money laundering operation. Somebody making money. All right? Somebody, somewhere, and I happen to believe politicians here in the good old United States swamp, uh, I, I, I happen to believe they're enriching themselves, maybe their family members and stuff like that off of this. You, you know, I got to dig into some numbers concerning our involvement in Ukraine because uh, Anthony Blinken, the failed rock and roll star, wannabe, whatever, fame hog, told us the other day, he said, uh, we're going to spend another three, bi- we're pouring another three billion in there, which t- takes our, you know, commitment to hundreds, uh, you know, hundred and some odd billion dollars at this point. And we're taking sh- stuff off the shelf that we need to be able to protect the United States of America and pressing it into Ukraine. Why? So you dig around and you find out we've already spent twice the amount of money that Russia has spent in Ukraine. We have just us, just the United States. That doesn't include like tanks that are rolling through Poland from Germany right now to get to the Ukraine. Why are they sending tanks and armored uh, personnel carriers? I guess this is no longer defensive. I guess this is now offensive. But anyway, um, we have spent now more money on Ukraine's war with Russia. How old is it? Year and a half? 
than we spent in Iraq and Afghanistan. How long were we in Afghanistan? 20 years? Close to it. 17 years, something like that. And Iraq on top of that. We poured a lot of money into Ukraine, ain't we? You just have to ask the question, who's getting it? Where's it going? We don't we do not do the accountability thing. We don't ask, what are you going to buy with it? We're not asking, are we? No. In fact, our own government has admitted we're not asking. Well, we, 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 we just have to rely on the Ukrainians to tell us. They, they're, they're, they're the ones who are telling us what they're going to spend it on, you see. But, as, as, as Michael McCall said over the weekend, if you understood, you little people, you just couldn't understand this, but if you understood what's at stake, you'd be willing to pour whatever in there. Well, it's the United States. That's sort of the point, is to include us in these decisions. You're not to be up there as, as a permanent class in D.C., and you make all the decisions, and, and we're not a part of it, you see. We, we elect you, and you should be, you're supposed to be accountable to us. So, yeah, we can understand it. But no, we don't have to make that uh, kind of decision, that kind of stuff to you. So w- what we need is more elites, you know, is kind of what McCall is saying. He's a Republican, by the way, but that doesn't make him a good guy. No, we need to spend more money. We need to do more in Ukraine. Okay, why? And when does it end? You see, none of them will talk about what the end game is. None of them. The president just says, and Anthony Blinken just says, and they all just say, well, uh, this is going to go as long as it takes. Well, what does that mean? It takes. As long as what takes? As long as what takes? What is it? And they will not define it, and you know why they will not define it, because once you define it, now you're stuck with something. General Milley, the guy who likes to call our enemies before we attack them, I'll call you, China, if we're going to attack you, General Milley said, he, he said the other day, uh, you know, this is going to take years. Uh, this is not an easy operation. This is going to take years and years and years for us to do this. Well, to do what? Well, what is the operation? It's going to take years and years and years to do what? The American people deserve to know this. The American people are funding this, and it's costing us our munitions, and it's costing your money your tax your hard-earned taxpayer money so we deserve to know what first of all what they are spending the money on every penny every dime everything of it all of it and secondly we deserve to know what what's the mission it define it we'll be here and we're going to continue to spend billions of dollars as long as it takes it takes to do what our mission in World War II was very clear. We knew what it was, and it was defined. And the American people went to work and supported the mission and worked very hard. But since that time, and Eisenhower, General Eisenhower, President Eisenhower, told us when he left office, you're, you're going to be in constant war now because the military-industrial complex has found out they have to have war to be able to make money. And so there'll be no clear, defined goals. You're just going to be involved in these wars. And you know what? He's right. Look, look, look at what's happened since then. We follow with Korea. We follow with, with uh, Vietnam and then all these other skirmishes and wars that we have been involved in. Most recently, Iran, Afghanistan, or Iraq, Afghanistan, and now we are fighting this war. There are Ukrainian troops not far from here, right up the road a piece, being trained right here in the United States of America by United States of America forces. So what are we doing, and why is all that money going over there? Well, you just wouldn't understand, says Mike McCall. You just would not understand. If we, if we were to try to explain the importance of this and why we're doing this, you, you, you wouldn't understand it. Just trust us on this. I'm sorry, I don't trust the swamp. Not one of you are worthy of our trust. Not a one. Joe Biden says Republicans have caused the border crisis. Over the weekend, Biden's administration blaming the terrible month that they had last month with over 251,000 encounters, and that's not counting the not counter, you know, encounters, the gotaways. 
The highest number ever recorded in U.S. history. By the way, they released that late on Friday night so that you wouldn't get that information. And they said it's because the Republicans are saying the border is open and the Republicans are a bunch of smugglers, says the Biden administration. <laughs> yeah, just can't make this up. By the way, there are more terrorists coming around the border, coming through the border than ever before as well. Just three arrests of individuals from the list at the border in 2020. Now you've got 100 in 2022. In 2023, a total of 38 individuals on the terrorist watch list have been arrested already at the southern border, and that's pacing ahead of last year's high of 98. In 2021, that's Biden's first year in office. Now, now the number is five times higher than the last year under the Trump administration. During the entire four years of the Trump administration, only 11 individuals from the terror watch list came into the country or were arrested. Uh, now we're at hundreds on the terror watch list every single year um you know they're not just coming here to party they're not coming here to uh to get enrolled in our universities and enrich themselves they're not coming here ter- people on the terror watch list are not coming here to contribute to the united states and cut your lawn that's not why they're coming here they're coming here so that a future date another 9-11 will happen and uh, when it does It'll be because Joe Biden, or the Biden administration, uh, the rabble there, the the swamp, opened the southern border and allowed them to come in and strategically position themselves throughout the United States of America for the day when they need to, to attack. And uh, it'll be on Joe. It'll be on this administration. It'll be on the swamp. They don't care. All right, quick break. More where where and Rima coming up at 7 o'clock. Trey Ware, KTSA for Quarter Moon, Plumbing, Heat, and AC. And Quarter Moon has got great opportunities for you right now to take advantage of super low pricing on AC units. That's right. And they have air purifiers over at Quarter Moon as well. But if you want the best AC unit at the lowest price, now is the time to buy it. You get a factory-trained technician team that's going to put that AC unit in for you. And then with Quarter Moon, they stand behind every single project that they do where you're going to get peace of mind knowing these guys know how to service your unit. Big or small jobs really doesn't matter. When you're talking about a plumbing mess, it could be huge or just a minor leak, whatever. They can do it for you. Quarter Moon Plumbing Heat and AC with full-service plumbing company as well. Service trucks that are fully stocked and trained trained professionals that have been with Quarter Moon for decades. They're ready to take care of whatever your problem is. Heat, AC, or plumbing, there's only one number you need. Why don't you put it in your cell phone? Hang on to it. That's Quarter Moon at 210-651-5899. Dave Ramsey here. The only place I recommend for hardwood. Trey Ware appeared courtesy of the Stevens Roofing Newsmaker Hotline. Well, I'm just going to take a guess. Poke in the dark. But that pledger was not from Boston, Boston, Massachusetts. (laughs) I'm just... (laughs) Just kind of a stab at it there. If you want to say the pledge, we'd love for you to do that. Call us up, 210-599-5555, and Jimmy will record you, 210-599-5555. Or you can speak it into your smartphone and email it directly to him, and he'll get it in the system. All right? Uh, 653 now, KTSA. A story out this morning from the CBO Congressional Budget Office. Their latest forecast says that Social Security is going to run out by 2033. That's 10 years from now. That's interesting. Um, are you planning for your retirement? Do you have something that you've got going on for your retirement? I can't tell you what's going to happen with Social Security, but CBO says it's going to be out of money by 2033, and the disability fund will be depleted by 2048. I, you know, you, you, you're talking about these 10-year and 20-year forecasts, 15-year forecasts, and all those kind of things. First of all, when it comes to this kind of thing, it's impossible to try to you know project what's going to happen 10 years down the road tomorrow. You know. Because you don't know the politics of the situation, and it's so heavily politicized, the Social Security benefit, Medicare, so heavily politicized that you, you never know what they're going to do from one minute to the next. Uh, no politician has really ever had the will to do any substantial reform that makes sense. But 10 years is a long time when you consider day by day what's going on with our national debt. And I'm not going to get all weedy on that, but if they don't solve that issue, 2033 is not going to make a, a hill of beans, man. It's not going to matter. 2033 is not going to matter if they don't solve the debt ceiling uh, mess that they have got now. And, and the way it is, is not by raising the debt ceiling again. Now, 
I fully believe that that's what these these guys are going to do. That's what the swamp does, and they're just making it up, you know. And the more they make it up, the less value that all of our dollars have. And when our, all of our dollars are value less, that's when the stuff hits the fan. And 2033 and Social Security is not going to mean anything by then. The, we don't have any statesmen that are thinking long term. We, you know, when I say any, I'm talking about the vast majority of them are not. They're concerned about today and and how they can enrich themselves. Kind of like what you see with the Biden crime family. Uh, kind of what you see with you know day by day how they can how they can pull more money out of the system for themselves. And they're not thinking that they're actually destroying this country and not going to leave much left. Uh, by by their profligate spending and and their illegal activities in the swamp in D.C., so they can put out these forecasts that say Social Security is going to be gone in 2033. Well, the whole thing is going to be gone sooner than that if they don't fix this 31 trillion dollar budget uh, debt. If they don't fix that, and the only way you know, Sean and I have talked about it on Warren Ryman. We'll do it again. The only way you're going to fix that is you got to cut spending. Either you're going to do it and you're going to decide what you're going to cut, and how hard the cutting is going to be. In other words, right now, you can determine the level of pain. <laughs> There's going to be pain because stuff's going to get cut. And you can decide that now. I'm talking to the swamp. Or <laughs> the cuts are going to be forced, and they're going to be everywhere. They're going to be widespread, and you won't have a say-so on what gets cut and what doesn't get cut. There's just going to be massive, massive spending cuts to deal with this massive, massive debt that the swamp has accrued over the past 30 years. You know, And really, over the past couple of years, they've really poured it on in a big way to drive it up to this stupid number of $31 trillion in waste, fraud, abuse, $300 billion of COVID money gone, just blown in the air. Who knows where it went? And the same is true with all this money we're spending on foreign uh, entities, such as the Ukraine, and we have no idea what's going on, but we're propping up governments all around the country. And the bill's coming due, and we're watching it day by day come due, and they're not doing anything about it. So either we can do that, do it now and decide what the cuts are going to be and where the pain is and how bad the pain is, or you're going to have to, it, it will happen eventually, and you won't have any control over it. You're just going to have to write it and deal with as much pain as you can deal with. So those are really the two choices. I know it's Monday, and I don't want to bum you out, but that's that's really what we're facing. And when you hear these people talk about this stuff, they don't have a plan. They don't know what they're doing, and and it's very dangerous what's going on with the debt uh, in America today. It's a big, big, big thing. I know it can you know, kind of gloss you over and kind of wig you out, because it's all wonky, but it's the serious business of our nation. Where and Rima coming up next, KTSA. The Ramsey Reality Check is brought to you by 